Hi there, this is the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, and I'm coming to you from Riverside, California, podcasting since 2004. I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the daily podcast where we're reading through the entire Bible in a year. I hate to let you down, but I need a bit of a break today, so there won't be any commentary. Also, I'm sorry about the mistake with yesterday's episode. I was in a hurry to get out to my granddaughter's play, and I linked the wrong audio, which I was not aware of until a couple of you emailed me a little bit after 8 a.m. my time today, or yesterday as you're hearing this. As soon as I got those emails, I did get the, uh, the episode corrected, so if you missed it, you should see the corrected file in your podcast app. The ironic thing is, as it turned out, I didn't even get to go to the play because I came down with a case of food poisoning or something, which is why I need a break today. I'm wiped out. So today we're going to just do the reading, and then right after that will be Larry Sayer, S-E-Y-E-R, with a piece called Jingle Jangle. It's very much a Mannheim steamroller sounding song. Uh, Larry is on Spotify and YouTube Music, so probably the other um, music streaming services as well, but not this track. I got this track uh, several years ago from, I think, the Podsafe Music Network, which, as I have mentioned before, is now defunct. Uh, But anyway, um, he also has a YouTube channel, which I will link to on the show notes page. Today, our reading will conclude 1 Corinthians with the reading of chapters 15 and 16. I'm calling the episode, There Is Proof, and after the reading, we're just going to go right into the music. So, with that, I'm going to bid you adieu for now. We should be back with a normal show tomorrow. By the way, the show notes page for today is lifespringmedia.com slash s12e111. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your understanding. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Here's the reading. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 Now, brothers and sisters, I want you to remember the good news I told you. You received that good news message, and you continue to base your life on it. That good news, the message you heard from me, is God's way to save you. But you must continue believing it. If you don't, you believed for nothing. I gave you the message that I received. I told you the most important truths that Christ died for our sins, as the Scriptures say, that He was buried and was raised to life on the third day, as the Scriptures say, and that He appeared to Peter and then to the twelve apostles. After that, Christ appeared to more than 500 other believers at the same time. Most of them are still living today, but some have died. Then He appeared to James and later to all the apostles. Last of all, He appeared to me. I was different like a baby born before the normal time. All the other apostles are greater than I am. I say this because I persecuted the church of God. That is why I am not even good enough to be called an apostle. But, because of God's grace, that is what I am. And His grace that He gave me was not wasted. I worked harder than all the other apostles, but I was not really the one working. It was God's grace that was with me. So then, it is not important if I told you God's message or if it was the other apostles who told you. We all tell people the same message, and this is what you believed. We tell everyone that Christ was raised from death. So why do some of you say that people will not be raised from death? If no one will ever be raised from death, then Christ has never been raised. And if Christ has never been raised, then the message we tell is worth nothing, and your faith is worth nothing. And we will also be guilty of lying about God, because we have told people about Him, saying that He raised Christ from death. 
and if no one is raised from death, then God never raised Christ from death. If those who have died are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised from death, then your faith is for nothing. You are still guilty of your sins. And those in Christ who have already died are lost. If our hope in Christ is only for this life here on earth, then people should feel more sorry for us than for anyone else. But Christ really has been raised from death, the first one of all those who will be raised. Death comes to people because of what one man did. But now there is resurrection from death because of another man. I mean that in Adam all of us die, and in the same way, in Christ all of us will be made alive again. But everyone will be raised to life in the right order. Christ was first to be raised. Then, when Christ comes again, those who belong to Him will be raised to life. Then the end will come. Christ will destroy all rulers, authorities, and powers. Then He will give the kingdom to God the Father. Christ must rule until God puts all enemies under His control. The last enemy to be destroyed will be death. As the scriptures say, God put everything under His control. When it says that everything is put under Him, it is clear that this does not include God Himself. God is the one putting everything under Christ's control. After everything has been put under Christ, then the Son Himself will be put under God. God is the one who put everything under Christ. And Christ will be put under God, so that God will be the complete ruler over everything. If no one will ever be raised from death, then what will the people do who are baptized for those who have died? If the dead are never raised, then why are people baptized for them? And what about us? Why do we put ourselves in danger every hour? I face death every day. That is true, brothers and sisters, just as it is true that I am proud of what you are because of Christ Jesus our Lord. I fought wild animals in Ephesus. If I did that only for human reasons, then I have gained nothing. If we are not raised from death, let us eat and drink, because tomorrow we die. Don't be fooled. Bad friends will ruin good habits. Come back to your right way of thinking and stop sinning. Some of you don't know God. I say this to shame you. But someone may ask, How are the dead raised? What kind of body will they have? These are stupid questions. When you plant something, it must die in the ground before it can live and grow. And when you plant something, what you plant does not have the same body that it will have later. What you plant is only a seed, maybe wheat or something else. But God gives it the body that He has planned for it, and He gives each kind of seed its own body. All things made of flesh are not the same. People have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds have another, and fish have yet another kind. Also, there are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. But the beauty of the heavenly bodies is one kind, and the beauty of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of beauty, the moon has another kind, and the stars have another. And each star is different in its beauty. It will be the same when those who have died are raised to life. The body that is planted in the grave will ruin and decay, but it will be raised to a life that cannot be destroyed. When the body is planted, it is without honor but when it is raised, it will be great and glorious. When the body is planted, it is weak, but when it is raised, it will be full of power. The body that is planted is a physical body. When it is raised, it will be a spiritual body. There is a physical body, so there is also a spiritual body. As the scriptures say, 
The first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam is a life-giving spirit. The spiritual man did not come first. It was the physical man that came first, then came the spiritual. The first man came from the dust of the earth. The second man came from heaven. All people belong to the earth. They are like that first man of earth. But those who belong to heaven are like that man of heaven. We were made like that man of earth, so we will also be made like that man of heaven. I tell you this, brothers and sisters, our bodies of flesh and blood cannot have a part in God's kingdom. Something that will ruin cannot have a part in something that never ruins. But listen, I tell you this secret, we will not all die, but we will all be changed. It will only take the time of a second. We will be changed as quickly as an eye blinks. This will happen when the last trumpet blows. The trumpet will blow, and those who have died will be raised to live forever, and we will all be changed. This body that ruins must clothe itself with something that will never ruin, and this body that dies must clothe itself with something that will never die. So this body that ruins will clothe itself with that which never ruins, and this body that dies will clothe itself with that which never dies. When this happens, the scriptures will be made true. Death is swallowed in victory. O oh, death, where is your victory? Where is your power to hurt? Death's power to hurt is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But we thank God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear brothers and sisters, stand strong. Don't let anything change you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. You know that your work in the Lord is never wasted. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so do you also. On the first day of every week, each one of you is to put aside and save, as he may prosper, so that no collections be made when I come. When I arrive, whomever you may approve, I will send them with letters to carry your gift to Jerusalem. And if it is fitting for me to go also, they will go with me. But I will come to you after I go through Macedonia, for I am going through Macedonia. And perhaps I will stay with you, or even spend the winter, so that you may send me on my way wherever I may go. For I do not wish to see you now just in passing, for I hope to remain with you for some time, if the Lord permits. But I will remain in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective service has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Now if Timothy comes, see that he is with you without cause to be afraid, for he is doing the Lord's work, as I also am. So let no one despise him, but send him on his way in peace, so that he may come to me, for I expect him with the brethren. But concerning Apollos our brother, I encouraged him greatly to come to you with the brethren, and it was not at all his desire to come now, but he will come when he has opportunity. Be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Now I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanus, that they were the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves for ministry to the saints, that you also be in subjection to such men and to everyone who helps in the work and labors. I rejoice over the coming of Stephanus and Fortunaeus and Achaicus, because they have supplied what was lacking on your part. For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore acknowledge such men. The churches of Asia greet you. Aquila and Prisca greet you heartily in the Lord, with the church that is in their house. All the brethren greet you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. 
The greeting is in my own hand, Paul. If anyone does not love the Lord, he has to be accursed. Maranatha, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you.